think about times, don't think about mileage. Think about why you liked running in the first place and what it meant to you and trying to get that feeling back. This is the Cream City Pacers podcast. I'm your host, Alex Main, and welcome to episode 15. Today, we had the pleasure of sitting down with Sarah Hauer. Sarah is a journalist for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, and more importantly in my book, she's verified on Instagram and Twitter. Pretty much all of us know what it's like to have an injury, whether it's spraining an ankle or something else minor. We take a little time off of running, shake it off for a few weeks, and come back, and everything's okay. For Sarah, this wasn't the case. A few years ago, she was on a run streak trying to go for a year straight leading up to her birthday. And just 10 days before her birthday, when she went out for her same three-mile morning run, she stepped out on the crosswalk and got hit by a car. For the next two years, her life completely changed. Today, Sarah and I go in detail on what it was like to go from a running streak to being hit to basically being out of running for two years and coming back. It was incredible to hear Sarah's journey and I hope you guys find Sarah's story inspiring. This episode is brought to you by Mimosa Breakfast and Brunch. The wait is finally over. Location number two has opened in Brookfield. Located on Blue Mount just east of the corners, Mimosa Brookfield offers the same classics as Mimosa One, but is pushing the envelope on freshness. And from scratch food, they have new menu items. I've had them. They are delicious. You need to go check them out. These guys support the show. So I appreciate it if you guys would go support them. So go check out their new location in Brookfield or their original location in Franklin. Either way, you're not going to be disappointed. And after a long run on a Saturday, nothing's better than the classic shrimp omelet, the jambalaya skillet, or maybe you're feeling adventurous and try the blueberry omelet or just stick with their new chocolate almond berry pancakes. Now, without further ado, on to the show. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Cream City Pacers. And Sarah Hauer is our guest today. Hey Sarah. Hey runners. Hey runners. <laughs> I like that. Hey runners. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for coming on the show. So Sarah, you are a reporter at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. So Correct. when I was writing this, I was like, reporter, journalist? Like, is she, would she be offended if I said one or the other? Like, and then I went down this rabbit <laughs> hole of like, do re- like reporters hate if they're journalists? Do journalists hate if they're called reporters? And I'm like, what am I doing? So, and you debunked that before the show started. They're pretty interchangeable. They're pretty interchangeable. Anyone who's a reporter is a journalist, right? But like the graphics people or the photographers in the newsroom would be like visual journalists, right? So it's like a little bit of a different differentiation in title, but everyone's a journalist. So am I a running audio journalist? If you abide by the ethics, then yes. Do I have to take an oath? Yes. There's an oath, right? No, there's not really an oath, (sighs) but there is a code of ethics. All right. We we follow those pretty well. Do you think, uh, producer Apostoli? 
Yes, he's giving us a head nod. All right, cool. All right, so Sarah, you're you're well known, at least in my book, as your weekly newsletter, BMKE. That's how I initially kind of found you, is I saw some articles or ads on the Journal Sentinel for your news article, and I signed up, and I was like, hey, these are awesome. They were hitting my inbox every Wednesday, and then I kind of found out you were the one producing it, and then find out from looking at your Instagram page that you're a runner. That's me. I'm so excited that you read my newsletter because I have a lot of fun putting it together and I get to be sassy and quirky and not super buttoned up. So yeah, I like it. And especially now that we started doing our weekly rundown episodes, it's like you do it. So you're like the inspiration, like you've been doing it for a few years now. So I know it's possible that we can do it on the show. I believe in you. That's cool. So you're not originally from Milwaukee. No. So I grew up in Minnesota, just west of Minneapolis. And that's when I started running in high school. I ran for Wise Out of High School. Cool. Did you like run in middle school or did you just get into it in high school? I did. I did cross country and track in middle school too. And then I did it nice. in high school, but I didn't always do track, but I always did cross country. Or did you like cross country? or did you I love cross country. It? That's where like I made most of my friends and that's where my place of comfort was and cool. loved it. I was never like leading the team in any way, but yeah. I enjoyed it. I didn't do any running in high school, so I always like to like, when I hear these stories, be like, man, if I would have ran in high school, I'd be like way better runner now. Oh, it was, but. it was just so fun. And it's just like, you get to be really stupid with your teammates and. Yeah. I did track in middle school, which was a lot of fun. So I just assume high school was just a way more fun version of that. But you had to like train probably way harder. Train way harder, but then also like, you're just older, you have more freedom you know, you go running more on your own and things like that. Yeah. So you ran in high school and then how did you end up in Milwaukee? Well, so I wanted to go to journalism school and become a reporter. And so I ended up picking to go to Marquette. And so that's what brought me here. And so I got my uh, bachelor's and master's at Marquette. Sweet. And did you stay running when you came to Milwaukee? I did. You know, it was like kind of in my routine that I would go running and you know you're kind of afraid of the freshman 15 so I was not afraid of the freshman 15 you that came on quick <laughs> and so like I'd kind of go running and that's like I'd run you know from Marquette down to the lake most days was kind of my mm-hmm. routine and the good thing about that was that it got me out out like out of the Marquette bubble yeah. quicker than many of my peers mm-hmm. because that campus can be very insular yeah and so it helped me like explore Milwaukee get to know it a little bit and then I think like sophomore year all of a sudden I just like started going gangbusters and my normal thing was to run eight miles like that was my normal day uh, how did you get to that point I don't I mean, that's really... a pretty big leap from just like casually running like to freshman the lake. year I was just kind of like hanging around and then sophomore year I don't know what happened but that was like my thing I did my first like longer distance race I did the Twin Cities 10 mile and then just like kept going but then you know I got busy with school I studied abroad I did whatever like and I kind of stopped running again really yeah so you peaked you're like you start doing it and then it faded away yeah. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. After I did my first marathon, because then the year, because then junior year fall, I did my first marathon. And then it was after I did the first marathon that like I kind of fell off. 
Okay. And it just kind of tapered and I got really busy. Oh, like the doing... post-marathon, not run, feel good kind of vibe? Yeah. Like I just kind of hit a slump. Yeah. Where I like wasn't that interested. And then I went to Italy and did study abroad and just ate all the pasta, did not go running at all. Oh, do you look back on that and think if I was a runner in Italy, that would have been so cool to like get some runs in? You know, I went every once in a while. Part of it was that we were on cobblestone streets. Yeah, it's not ideal. And it was so not ideal that it was just unenjoyable. Yeah. And so I never really went. Sometimes I'd go to the gym, but I hate going to the gym and running on the treadmill. So I was, I'm an outside runner, 100%. And so, yeah, that was just kind of trash. And so then, you know, senior year of college, I was just kind of like, whatever, didn't, would run sometimes. But then... Then I got mono, and that was not good. I lost like 10 pounds that I didn't need to lose and couldn't run and whatever. But so then once I was healthy again, then I got back into running, and I started graduate school, and then it was like I created like a whole – I didn't have anything to do till 10 a.m. every day, and so I created like a whole morning routine where I'd go running, I'd walk the dog, and get to school. So it sounds like running was like kind of always been a part of you or like a – priority but maybe it just got lost throughout. yeah I mean in, in college you don't really I don't know really set in your ways quite yet yeah it was like was really dependent on like what my schedule was mm-hmm. what internships I had whatever that's but, cool. like I always wanted to be running yeah so now in grad school it sounds like you kind of started paving this path for it yeah so I got excited about running again I forget how what I decided to do to like get back into it I did something where it was like oh I'm gonna run every day for 20 days or something just so that I get back in the habit and then I'll do you know my five days a week again that's yeah it's like much more manageable that's like a good way to do it just uh like a short distance but every day to kind of get back in the routine I've heard people do that and I never thought about that as an option but it definitely like I've done that a few times where it's yeah. like if even if it's a mile just get out and go do it and it will start like snow, the snowball effect will happen. Once you get in the habit. Yeah. yeah. So then I did Lakefront Marathon again the next year. And like the first marathon I did was Twin Cities Marathon, which is a harder race. But then Lakefront was like perfect conditions that day. It was glorious. I had so much fun. My friends were out there. I was getting Cranky Al's Donuts afterward. I was just like felt phenomenal and finished and was like, I love it. I love marathons. Like. You're back. Sarah's back. Sarah's here. Um, did you train for those marathons? Like, did you get a schedule, like a training block and do that? Or were you kind of just casually making I'm kind sure you got casual. some distance? Um, like, I'll look at a training schedule. Yeah. And then kind of have in my head, like, okay, I should do, uh, you know, 16 this weekend. I should do whatever. Yeah. But, like, you weren't necessarily doing, like, the the track or the tempo no, and like yeah I never do track I never do tempo I never do hills which I know is I would do so much better if I did that stuff but yeah yeah so casual marathon runner yes nice casual marathon runner and then I did my like 20 mile trainer can you be a casual marathon runner I to think ru- so. To runners, I definitely, yeah. So I took, I asked that question because I was like, man if you're not a runner you're like well, what do you mean you casually are a marathon runner <laughs> But it makes sense to runners. It's definitely like a mindset of, yeah. are you going for time? Are you going to feel good? Are you going, like, I just want to finish, do the distance and feel really, really good at the end. Yeah. I mean, you definitely can train and just get those long runs in and still finish and do the marathon. Well, is it, would it be slower than maybe if you train super hard? Yeah. But 
But not what you're going for all no. the time. And like, I really enjoy just doing my three mile, whatever before work. Yeah. And so that's much easier. Um, but yeah, the next year I got a little bit. So this is what more. I'm super excited about. You started getting really into running. I got really into running. So then I did both Lakefront and the Milwaukee Marathon, like five weeks apart or something. Which Milwaukee Marathon was that? The time it was too long. Oh, that sucks. I did it <laughs> the year after when it was too short. See, I think too short sucks more than too long because too long, like you still did it. Yeah. Too short, like you didn't do it. Yeah. So here's my thing with the too short. That only stuck around for about a year. And then people forget. So mm-hmm. the, the, the next year, it was like, oh, that really wasn't a marathon. And I was just like, yeah, yeah, take it. But now I'm like, oh, the Milwaukee Marathon. And I could say the year and people don't remember. Mm-hmm. So like now I'm in the clear. But at the, and at the time, it felt, I, I don't know if I had that extra half mile in me. So yeah. But OK, you did the long year. That sucks. Sorry yeah, about so that. Yeah, so I did the long year. And then I was like, like, once you run two marathons and both of them were very casual and you had so much fun and you ate Cranky Owl's donuts afterward, that's like my thing is that my friends have to meet me with Cranky Owl's at the finish line. I like that theme. Yes. We go get a beer, Cranky Owl's, then get brunch, then I go home and take a shower. That sounds like the perfect post-race situation. I would recommend it to anyone listening yeah. as long as you like donuts. Where? What uh, what's your go to brunch then after a marathon? Like, what are you eating? It has varied every single time. I don't think I've done the same one twice. Okay, okay. But uh, one of my eternal favorites that I did after Lakefront one year is Story Hill BKC. Okay, they have some good stuff. I'm usually yeah. like very sweet, so like two like just like waffles, pancakes. For some reason, is always really appealing. Mm, so, no, I want like, like when you said donuts, I'm like a box of donuts sounds wonderful, but yeah, nice. Yeah. Okay, so you do two marathons. That's that's a lot of running for the year because you're training. You I mean you're training the whole year then? But the or marathons the were five weeks apart or whatever, and so then. Oh, that's right. I'm putting Milwaukee in the spring. Yeah, right no. Right so they there. were oh, five so now weeks you, apart. So it was just kind of like you just kooky in. in a way. You just rolled into it. That's great. Yeah, and then. I was on like a runner's high and I was, you know, running pretty much every day. And then I don't know when, but I started a running streak and getting really into it. Did you know you were on a running streak? Was No, it like... that's why I can't really tell you when it started. Okay. Is because it was like all of a sudden I was looking back and I, it was before like I had a Apple watch and logged all my runs and okay. things like that. Yeah, yeah. And so... I don't really know when it started. But so then all of a sudden I looked back and I was like, wow, I've run every day for like a while now. And it was about, uh, I was about to turn 24. And so I decided what I wanted to do is I wanted to run every day from my 24th birthday to my 25th. Mm. Because I was about to be done with graduate school. I didn't know what was next for me. I didn't know if I was going to stay in Milwaukee. I didn't know, you know what kind of job I was going to get or what was going to happen. So I thought, you know what? This is going to be like my one consistent thing in this next year that I think is going to have a lot of change is that I'm going to run at least one mile outside every day for a year. One mile outside. That's what it consisted of. Okay. Yeah. That was like my deal with myself. Okay. So I just kind of struck the deal with myself and didn't really tell anyone about it for a while. Yeah. What made you tell someone? Or like, how did that come about? Because I, I, I have that same 
situation sometimes with things where it's like, no one, does anyone care about this? Do I, is this a conversation? Does anyone piece? care about this? But also, if you don't tell anyone, no one will know if you don't do it. Yeah, that's the big piece. I would say it probably... You have to be accountable. Yeah, it probably took me like six months before I told anyone. That's a long time. I don't know how long. Or I'm. Yeah. My roommates probably knew. Yeah. Was there ever like you're going through this like a day earlier on, like right after you decided to commit to it that like it almost didn't happen? Like you got sick or something, oh. like stuck in an airport? I just remember this isn't like the most professional answer, but I just remember being really hungover one, one day and being like, oh my God, I'm... And it was like towards the beginning too, right? So I didn't even have that much like built up into it. Yeah. You know, it was like summer in Milwaukee and it was hot and I was just like, oh my God. And I went down to, I forget what park in Bayview, but I like got a mile done and was like, okay, here we go. We made it through. But mostly like my thing is I always go first thing in the morning. Yeah. So that like my day at my job is very unpredictable. Mm Mm-hmm. Just like, even if I think I know what I'm going to be doing that day, like I never know when like weird news is going to break. And so as long as I've, I get my run in in the morning, I like having that just like set aside so that I don't have to think about it the rest of the day and never feel like I like have to get out of work, that I'm running late, whatever. Or Yeah. I, you know, a lot of people, I mean, for the most part, like a nine to five job where it's pretty set where like I could, if I don't run in the morning, I, I can get it in at night. But like mm-hmm. you kind of struck a chord. You're like, wow, well, you never know when something happens. Yeah. And so I'd just much rather get out of the way. Also, it's like if a friend texts at four o'clock, do you want to go grab drinks after work? I want to just be able to say yes and not be like, oh, I have this run streak that I'm trying to do. And then you just sound like kind of a prick. Or like you have to go out to happy hour and then you have to get the myelin. Yeah, I've done that too. Um, not great either. Um, no. My wife, for a period of time, said in college, she liked, like, on her cross-country team, they would, like, drink a little bit and then go, go out for their runs, mm-hmm. which it still confuses me today because I've done that a few times and it, it's not fun. Yeah, I don't... The only time it's fun is during the beer mile. Yeah, I don't like having too much in my stomach. So, or storm the Bastille. Mm. That's the other time I'll have a beer and run. Cause I like to get there, have a beer, yeah. run the 5k, stop for a beer in the middle, stop for a beer in the middle where, and then get another, usually in the third ward by like, uh, wicked hop. Okay. I haven't run it in a few years, so I don't really, I Oh, I think it's like, it's the only 5k that I do. Yeah. It's a blast. It's it is so, so fun. Fun. It's insane. Like I did it and I'm like, this is how every run should be. So Manuel, who was on our, like the, our fifth guest, mm-hmm. he said that was his first race. And then he was like, I love running. And it's like, well, if you, if you don't know if you should get into running, just do the Storm the Best deal mm-hmm. in Milwaukee and you'll become a runner. I think yeah. that's the secret sauce. It's just like, it's stupid fun. Everyone is so happy. It's summer. It's night. It's street festival season. It's perfect. Yeah. I love it. Um. Why are we talking? Oh, yeah, drinking beer. It's good to drink a beer. You'll drink a beer then. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That's when I will. Otherwise, usually I'm not drinking a beer at, you know, 5 a.m. when I'm getting up before I run. So. Okay, so how did you break or bring it up that you were on this running streak? Because that, at that point, that kind of solidified, like, I'm going for it now. Yeah, I think it was, like, when I determined that, like, it was a real thing to me mm-hmm. that I was really going to do and that I legitimately felt committed because I was like, well, I 
already have like a lot of this under my belt. Yeah. Um, Cause I think I had like floated the idea to some of my friends, like, what would you think if I like did a run streak or something? Right. And they were like, that sounds stupid, that. Sarah. Sarah, don't be dumb. You're like, fine. Okay. <laughs> so then, and so then I didn't want to like bring it back up with them. Right. Cause they thought it was like a stupid thing for me to do. Yeah. Uh, and so I think I just like casually mentioned it like, oh yeah, I have to go running today. Cause I've ran every day for however many months now. And people like, oh, no way. That has some legit, you sound legit. You're like, oh damn. Yeah. Which it's like in the grand scheme of things, the whatever, whatever that certifies people for their run streaks. I think you're a novice until you've hit like five years or something. Or like a five year run streak is considered like the baseline to even be entered onto this registry of people oh, who have run streaks. Yeah, that's, that's. And so you just feel like such a weenie. You're like. Yeah, there's this really like small percentage of runners in the running community that like make running seem so crazy. Like the people who are doing like Leadville and all these ultras and insane mm-hmm. times and these like 24-hour races and just like, what do you, how can you cover that distance at that pace? And then these run streaks, like that's. That's crazy. I just wanted to do a year. Yeah. Okay. So keep going. How did the run streak How did the end? run streak break? Well, so I was closing in on my 25th birthday. So I was like 11 days from my 25th birthday when I would have hit like for sure the year-long run streak point because I had been doing it for a while before my birthday. Okay. And so I wasn't really sure how long I had done it. So I like know for sure that I hit the year. What were you going to do? Like, did you have a celebration in mind of like on the, on your birthday, on the run streak? Were you going to like run past cranky L's? What was the I hadn't like totally determined it yet. I had toyed with the idea. There was actually like a marathon happening in Bayview on my birthday. And so I toyed with the idea of signing up for that. Was that like the loop or the, the yes, blo- the, the 29 one mile or the like the run around the block until you run a marathon. Yes. Was it was that, that one. The bloop? The bleep. It was something weird. It was something weird. And like, it kind of sounded terrible because yeah, it was like a one mile loop that you ran 26 times. But I thought like, wow, that might be a cool way to cap this off. But then spring in Milwaukee is like not the best time to try to train for that kind of thing. So I didn't yeah. end up doing that. And so I was like still trying to figure out how I was going to mark a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and my birthday and whatever, right? Um, but I was 11 days out from hitting that point and was on my normal everyday three-mile loop before work. And so I'm heading uh, east on North Avenue. Okay, let's set the scene. East on North Ave. So I'm heading toward the lake on North Avenue, coming from my house in Brewer's Hill. Okay. And I'm about to cross uh, Humboldt. So I'm right on the corner with like that BP and the white brick building and the pick and save. And the empty lot, that busy intersection. And the empty lot on the busy intersection. And like, I can't really explain how it happened, but like I started to cross and then they didn't see me and I got hit by a car. You got hit, I can't, how did you get hit by a car? So, you know, when you're every day interact, like crossing the street, how you like have those kind of like negotiations with yourself about like, am I crossing the street right now or not? And it's kind of confusing to explain because it's like, you know, the people coming toward me had either like they had a red light, 
they had a green light and a left turn and no one was coming straight. People were only turning left. And so then you're like, oh, I don't see anyone coming this way. And so you just go. And then, of course, as you go, the red light turns green, you start to cross, and then you get hit. And you got, like, so what was it like? Did you get, like, were you on the roof of the hood of the car? Did you get, like, thrown back into the street? Yeah. Well, so, like, I definitely, I got hit, like, kind of, like, on the side. And then, you know, I'm a pretty small person. And so I just kind of got hit and then just flew. And so getting hit was not the scary part, right? Because I didn't see it coming. It was hitting the pavement that was scary because, like, when you're in the air, like, you know you're about to hit the pavement. Like, you felt it. The, the time like slow down like you knew you were in the air and you're coming down yeah um and so i landed you know face down on the pavement um in the middle of the intersection and i run i leave my house at about 6 a.m to go running so it's like people are starting to go to work it's yeah traffic's picking up at that traffic's point. picking up at that point um but yeah i could roll over at least so then i'm just like laying there in the intersection and someone else who is running stopped you know the person who hit me got out of the car. Someone else got out of their car. And they're just like, can you get up? And I, I knew immediately that I, could, I couldn't move. Um, that, like, I was stuck. Were you in pain? Like a state of shock? I was just in shock. Okay. Because I didn't yeah, really comprehend what was, what was happening. And they're like, should we call 911? And I was like, yes. Without, like, questioning. Which it is kind of funny. Because you know how, like... Sometimes there are times when you're, like, debating if you should, like, go to the doctor about something or whatever. And this was, like, no hesitation. I need, like, I need help. This was not one of those times. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, laid in the street. They, I could, looking at my, I knew my face was bleeding. But then, looking down, I could tell my left knee was just, like, messed up. I was, like, I don't know what's wrong with it. But it looks messed up. There was just, like, a giant, like, lump and mess and... Yeah, so things were... Was anything, like, were you wearing pants or shorts? I was wearing leggings. Yeah, so was, like, anything, like, sticking out? Was it ripped? It wasn't really ripped, and I... There might have been, like, a little bit of, like, rip on the... Like, from hitting the pavement or whatever. But, like, didn't know what was wrong, necessarily. I just knew that it looked, like, messed up. That's crazy. And so they, like, splinted it, kind of. It was after, like, I rolled over, um, I just kind of had it, like, bent-ish. And so they just kind of splinted it bent. I got in the ambulance. Were you still in the intersection while the ambulance came? Oh, yeah. No. So, like, I, did, was anything going on? Was were cars still moving? Cars were still moving kind of around me because it was, like, morning traffic. Like yeah. They, tr- they like, wanted to move me, but, like, no one wanted to, like, move me. Yeah. Right? Because I was, like, I can't do it myself. I can't. Yeah. And you also, like, don't want to move you. if it's like, You don't know what it is as, like, a bystander, like, walking yeah. by or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, got taken away in the stretcher, put in the ambulance. Had a lovely uh, paramedic. Big fan of my paramedic, Chris Brown. Okay. Um, shout out to Chris. <laughs> Shout out to Chris. He was lovely. We took a selfie together in the ambulance. <laughs> because so... Is he a fan of BMKE or what? No, this is before BMKE. Um, I was just a temp at the Journal Sentinel. I didn't even have a full-time job yet. Um, 
Oh, but so I landed on my face as well, right? And so I was really, I could tell that my tooth was chipped. Mm -hmm. And so I was really concerned about my chipped tooth. That's a good thing. Yeah. Right. Like I wasn't, I was like concerned about my leg, but like in the time I was really concerned about my chipped tooth. Yeah. And you know, like this one is about my, one of my front teeth is about like half fake now. Isn't that funny? What was at the time? My tooth over your like leg was broken and shattered. Um, but okay. so he's like, no, look at my cell, like take my cell phone, look at like, look in the camera to see like your tooth is fine. Okay. Like, you know, yeah, part of it is gone, but they can fix it. But so then when I was looking at myself, I was like, okay, we need to document this. Cause like one day I'll think it's funny and yeah. really want to have this selfie. Yeah. And now I do think it is hilarious That's and I do like having funny. it. Um, but yeah, like in the ambulance I was, so I don't like run with headphones. I don't run with a cell phone. Mm-hmm. I'm just like out there. So I only know three phone numbers. So I had to call my mom, my dad, and the Journal Sentinel newsroom because those are the <laughs> only three phone numbers that I know by heart. So like, you just make those calls in the ambulance? Yeah. I just called from the Casual. paramedic's cell phone and was like, yeah, I'm not coming into work today. Uh, like, mom, can you call my roommate's work and you know, get him to come pick me up at the hospital. <laughs> so you, you like took it in pretty quick. Like it was, you got, yeah, you like, were in shock. It sounds like once you were in the ambulance, it was. I was pretty level headed. And I think part of it was, you know, I was, so I was signed up for the Chicago marathon. I had gotten in through the lottery. And so I was signed up to do Chicago come October. Oh. Um, and so I was asking while I was there, I was like, what do you think is wrong with my leg? And they're like, we don't really know. Cause like they hadn't removed my leggings or anything yet really yeah um and I was like well how long do you think I'm gonna be out and they're like I don't know like six weeks or eight weeks or something right Mm -hmm. and so I'm just thinking like okay like I can I can probably still do Chicago it'll be fine (laughs) right um (laughs) that's such a runner's thing to say like what's wrong with me oh okay I can still run though right yeah and so I was thinking like oh yeah this isn't gonna be Mm mm-hmm a big deal it's yeah be out for a little bit come back i'll come back it'll be fine um you know i didn't really realize until i met well so i went to the hospital got official x-rays whatever and then i found out that i had broken my patella is what they told me originally was just like you broke your patella you're gonna need surgery and i was just kind of like okay still thinking that it wasn't that big of a deal yeah um you know i get in a they put like the brace on you and whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I was still on my parents' health insurance at the time and my parents live in Minnesota. So uh, my dad came and picked me up and brought me back to Minneapolis to meet with a surgeon because my mom is also in healthcare and she just felt much more comfortable yeah, having yeah. me go with like surgeons and doctors that she knew about. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so then when I mess with my surgeon who actually performed the surgery, he looked at my x-ray and he was like, yeah, no, like this is, this is pretty bad, right? Like the x-ray showed that it was in at least three pieces. It ended up being in more than six. And like your patella isn't that big. Yeah. So the whole thing was shattered. Yeah. So my whole pieces. patella was just shattered. Um, and so then that took a lot to like comprehend because it was like, you are going to be in a brace for three months, not just like three months until you're fine, right? It was like after three months, you'll like figure out how to walk again, right? Which is just like, who thinks of that? 
how is it taking that news? I mean, eight weeks or whatever it may be is doable. You can comprehend that. But at that point, you kind of are coming to a realization of this is going to be a while, a journey back to just normal, normalcy. Yeah. And like the hardest part is that like how I typically deal with stuff is like running is my time to process, right? Like that morning ritual of going out is like a time to process. It's a time to like relieve stress and whatever. And so here I am having like a very traumatic experience and you have to figure out like how am I going to, like my normal mechanisms of dealing with things have just been like completely stripped away from me. Like at the time when I like needed them. Mm -hmm. Because you're like. They're gone. It was gone. It was gone. And you're like, it's not even like I can go for a walk, right? Yeah. So how was that like transition? Um, it had to be pretty tough for those first couple months or. Yeah. Um, anyone who around, was around me will tell you like I was not enjoyable. Like I was mad. Right. Like I was mad. I was pissed off. I like. Were you mad at like yourself, the car, like your streak was over? All what, of what? it. Like, All of it. Kinda... You're just like. That sucks. You're I... just like, why? This sucks. Yeah. Like, there's no reason that this had to happen, and it did. Mm-hmm. And So your recovery was quite a while. It was a long time. So I had the surgery in not until May. It took a while um, just because I had some complications with, like, my skin not healing well from, like, the, like, wound of getting hit. Okay, so that had to heal first. So that had to heal first, and... That didn't do terribly well. So had to wait a little bit to go into surgery. So then, you know, they had six pieces of my patella that were big enough to put back together. So they stuck seven pins in there and then like wrapped it in wire and put like a netting on it and stitched me back up. That's crazy. Yeah. Like when I, I have seen like the, I've seen like my surgical pictures. Yeah. Right. And what's crazy is, like, when they first cut open uh, my knee, right, it literally, like, it just looks like bone fragments, like, in flesh, right? Like, there is no patella to be seen. It is so gross. That sounds, I can't handle stuff like that. That sounds crazy gross. What's funny is I can handle it when it's my own, but, like, other people's makes me all squirmy. Oh, Wow. So how long was recovery till you were back running again or even walking? I guess we'll start with walking. Yeah. Well, so I was in a brace for three months mm-hmm. and that was like, you know, the big like locked hinged. You're the big ass one. Big ass brace. So is that crutches then or are you like... You crutches for the first two months and then I was peg leg. Okay. Called What's myself? harder? A peg leg or crutches? Oh, crutches is way harder than peg leg. Mm-hmm. Peg leg, like you're pretty agile at that point and like, <laughs> you don't... Like, call so much attention to yourself, which is also kind of annoying because you're like, I still have a brace on. Like, yeah. be nice to me, random humans in the grocery store. What what's uh, what was your nickname? I, like I cut you off. Oh, I called myself Pegleg Pirate Pete. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> For no reason, but I did. Because um, you have to have some fun with it, right? Oh, yeah. Um, the, the big thing was, um, so when you break your patella, 
your patella allows you to engage your quad muscle mm-hmm. because of the tendons that are connected from your patella to your quad, whatever. Well, so after I had surgery, I couldn't engage my quad muscle at all because of fear of wrecking the repair. Because now it's like, yes, I have this repair, but like, don't screw it up and wreck it. Yeah. So like... It's so much more. It like keeps... So it just keeps atrophying and keeps atrophying. So like, I forget how many weeks after surgery it was that the surgeon said like, okay, now you can try to like lift your leg up off the table. (laughs) And like, here I am, you know, like multi-time marathoner. And I literally... Like, I had a hard time even thinking of how to tell my leg to lift up, let alone, like, I did not even get, like, a centimeter off the table. So it's just, like, the functionality of your leg completely Completely gone. Um, So it took probably, like, a good couple weeks until I could, like, lift my leg up independently. Was that one of, like, the darker moments of this? Yeah. Like, what are some other moments of like, I feel like you can't lift your leg, you lose running. Two, you lost running while running. Like, I just feel like all of this just sucks and you can stew on it forever. Or. Yeah. What was kind of weird was that. So, (laughs) my mom also got hit by a car when she was in her 20s. No way. And wrecked her knee in a different way. And so. A week after I had my knee surgery, she had already scheduled to have a knee replacement because of her, like, withstanding issues from getting hit by a car. And so me and my mom were in it together, kind of. So then we had, like, we were both going to physical therapy. We were both, uh, like, going through all of this. (laughs) That's awesome that you had something that you could go It was really nice because, like, she was out of work, too. Um... It was frustrating because, like, recovering from a knee replacement, like, you walk, like, they get you standing immediately after Mm -hmm. a knee replacement, right? Yeah. So it's like you're on a much different timetable, and I'm extremely competitive, right? So I'm, like, get a little angry that... (laughs) Mom-daughter knee uh, competition. Yeah. We were quite the pair. We were at the, you know, place where we both had our surgeries and stuff. We were there, like, three, four times a week. That's so funny. It was like, you can't, like, plan that. No, I mean, that's like a movie plot, like something crazy that someone created. You're like, no way that happens. Yeah, so having my mom around was, like, huge. Um, And having a buddy and someone who was like, well, let's just, like, drive to the park and eat lunch at the park. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, yeah, no, we can't walk around. We can't do whatever. But, like, we can get to a picnic bench and just... That's like perfect. You're like the same goals. Mm -hmm. And like that sounds like some awesome bonding time. Yeah. My mom calls it the troubles. The troubles? (laughs) Because I wasn't always the most enjoyable to be around because I was just like really cranky. Um, Because, you know, like also it's tough when you're 25 years old and you're back with your parents Mm -hmm. and like have no freedom, right? Like I couldn't drive. Yeah, you You couldn't do anything. I couldn't do anything. So you just feel kind of stuck and very like, woe is me. How'd your dad do through this? Um, I think he was glad to go to work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be funny coming home and you got your wife and your daughter both coming off knee surgeries. 
Yeah, we were peg legging around. My uh, eight year old grandma came to take care of us. My sister oh, came from cute. Colorado to take care of us. Um, but so, how was it? Like, did you find during this recovery time like something else to replace the running with? Like to kind of have that outlet? I did more like. Well, my mom's really into birds, so I did more bird watching in terms of like an outdoor activity. That sounds fun and peaceful and relaxing. Yeah, I did coloring. I got, I've always been someone who journals, Mm -hmm. um, but I did a lot more of that just because it was, I needed that like release and like explanation to yourself of like what's going on. Because I think like for a while I was like in denial Mm -hmm. of like. Oh no, it's it's not that big of a deal. It's not that bad of an injury. It'll be fine. Um, but yeah, because recovery took a good amount. Because then it's like first I had to be able to lift my leg. Then I had to be able to do whatever. And so it's like, you know, the first night I could sleep with my brace off was like <laughs> a milestone. The biggest deal, right? Yeah. Because, like, that's not comfortable. I can't imagine. We, we go out. I mean, everyone listening to this runs daily. And, and mm-hmm. you, how many times do we cross the intersection? How many times do we make that decision that you made? And, like, who would think this is what it could lead to? Yeah. And, like, you just feel stupid because you're like, I didn't see you. You didn't see me. But, um, yeah, so then, you know, you graduate to wearing the brace unhinged mm-hmm. and, like, kind of walking. But, like, the craziest thing is, like, you have to completely relearn how, like, walking movement happens. Did you have, like, an awkward phase where you're kind of, like, hobbling or what? Well, you know, the physical therapist, like, walks you through, like, has you, like, stand at the balance beam. Or not mm-hmm. the balance beam, the, like, ballet bar. And just, like take steps back and forth practicing yeah walking which like you had to learn everything all as a over. runner you're like i have to learn how to walk again yeah um and so that was like toward the end uh, like that was like august september because mm-hmm. then like i remember the date of the new uh chicago marathon came up and yeah. i was like Okay, what am I going to do? At this point, I was back to walking my dog because that was a huge thing for me was being able to walk the dog again. Um, Because at first, like, I would go, like, someone else would hold her and I would just go with, like, when I first started walking again. Yeah. And then once I felt confident, then I started walking with her on my own. But so on the day of the Chicago Marathon, I walked... 2.62 2.62 miles and that was the farthest I had gone nice since the injury and that was like my big moment for myself was like so from potentially running the marathon to getting out there on marathon day and just and walking, walking 2.62 that's where you were yeah crazy so how kind of like fast forward a little bit yeah now you're still recovering you're finally back like how is it getting back into running slow because I started um, like, in a... Do you know how, how long it was from getting hit to actually like doing that first, whatever it, it may be? It took a full year until I ran outside again. Did you have like... was From that a, when I got hit. So at, was that like a goal? Like kind of knowing how recovery was taking you? Like, okay, at a year out, I want to be able to run again. Like that's um, what I want to push for. No, I like... 
because recovery was so slow, I didn't want to like set any expectations for myself that I wasn't end up going to be able to meet. So Mm -hmm. I like took it very like one day at a time, one instruction from the physical therapist at a time. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, like the first time I ran again Mm -hmm. was in a zero gravity treadmill. Mm. Right? Yeah. Okay. So like it took like, you know, I did that for so many weeks at PT on the zero gravity treadmill until I could go on the regular treadmill. And then it was like, and at first, you know, I could only do the regular treadmill when I was at PT and under supervision. And then it was like, okay, now you can go <laughs> You're running on the with treadmill s- at... <laughs> it's uh, crazy. At this speed for this long. Like yeah, you were under was, supervision. You were under su- running supervision. Yeah. And it was like very, as someone who like doesn't follow training plans, right? It was like very yeah. rigid of like, walk for one minute, run for two, walk for one minute, run for one, right? Yeah. And it was like at what uh, miles per hour too. Um, but yeah, so then one year out from being hit, I got to go for a run outside again. And that was huge. How was that? Bizarre, right? Yeah. Did it, like, what, do you remember, like, your thought process or all your feelings? Well, so I knew, like, you know, my physical therapist told me I could do it. I was only supposed to go X number of minutes. It was probably, like, 12 minutes. Mm -hmm. I could run outside on the whatever. And so I had a friend come with me. We went down to the Oak Leaf, parked, because, like, I'm not going to try to cross the street on my first run back. Smart. (laughs) Right? Um. And so I had her come with me and ran for 12 minutes or whatever it was. And she took a little video. It was weird because I don't usually run with people. Yeah. So like not only was I like back running, but I was also like running with someone. But it was also like not really running for her. Right. Yeah. 12 minutes. Uh, But it felt really good. Yeah. And then from there, I was like, you know, going three times a week, going four times a week. At this point, I'm at two years. So then I decided to, like, for me, building up mileage again was the easiest part because that's something that I already know how to do, right? I know how to go from, like, yeah, I've been a slob lately and I haven't been going running and Mm -hmm. I know it's going to suck, but, like, you know start with this, work your way up, whatever. Yeah. Which like a lot of runners, like if you're lazy, you can come back and build that up quickly. Right. Yeah. And that's so interesting to hear that statement after being off for a year, not even be able to walk. Yeah. And that came back. Yeah. Like, well, it's like, I did it fairly slowly, but in yeah. terms of like mentally knowing how to do it, it was a process that I had been through before. Yeah. So it was familiar. It's like riding a bike. Yeah. Whereas so many people, um, when they talk about recovery from surgeries like that, you're like, it's that last, you know, 5% that that's the most difficult. Yeah. And I thought it was the, you know, 90 to get there. That Hmm. was so much more difficult. Um, Because then, you know, I actually felt good. Um, You know, my surgeon had told me like, he wasn't sure if I was going to run again. Wait, did he tell you that? Yeah. He said like, he he was like, I'm not going to tell you that you're not going to, but it will be very difficult, right? Just like based on my injury. Yeah, I mean, that would suck to hear that. 
to your face. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely cried in his office like more oh, than once. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. So do you think part of like your comeback was like, I can come back, I can do this? It was. It was like, I need to prove it to myself that I can, I'm mm-hmm. still capable of this. Um, and like, it felt good. I felt like me again, which was like the huge thing. I had like my mechanisms back to process and like enjoy time outside. Cause like, that's why I like running is cause I like being outside. Yeah. Um, and so I ultimately decided that I thought I would be able to do the Milwaukee half marathon in April, which would be two years out from my initial injury. So I was like, I think I can do that. And so I did. Right? Like. Heck yeah, you did. Yeah, I don't know. And how, like, how was, was that? Or how is it now? Are you, are you like, is there pain? Is there anything? Are you back to normal? It's tough to say like normal, right? Because like normal was running every day, was running two marathons five weeks apart. Yeah. Um, Like I'm still deciding if I'm going to run another full marathon or if it's wiser to not you know, put so much stress on this repair that I have. Yeah, you have Because, to... like, I already do have some, like, traumatic arthritis going on in my knee. Like, you have things to think about. You're, like, in charge of more of it's your future now. about longevity. Yeah. So, like, are there doctors that can help you with that? Like, I suppose there's not, like, a this or that answer. No, and it's, like, it's really, people always say, like, it's up to you. Yeah. Whatever, like, feels good to you. So, you know, like I go to cycle class Mm -hmm. and try to work that in more into my routines that I'm doing more low impact things. Yeah. Um, I really love Nordic skiing. Cool. That's fun. I do that in the winter. Where do you do that? Um, Around here, I usually just go up to Lapham. Nice. Because that's the best place. Um, Do you go there at night? I haven't been there at night with the lights yet. It always looks cool. No, I've never gone at night. I always go just go on Saturday and Sunday, which is too bad. But it's like... It's a little far for a weeknight when you live downtown to get yeah, all the way out there. Yeah, it's far. I mean, it's a commitment. It's yeah. What, 50 minutes from downtown? Maybe less? Probably 40. Oh, whatever. But yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, you have to try it one night and let, let me know. I will let you know. Um, so you got to, you're basically now, you're, you are back to running in some sense, but you have to just be smart about it. Yeah, like I did Milwaukee Marathon, the half. I mm-hmm. did the Brewers Mini Marathon again this fall. And like I finished both of them in the exact same time, which is kind of bizarre. Yeah. Um, but so like in many ways I feel back. I run most days, probably five-ish days a week, go to cycle class one day, take off one day. Nice. Um and so, like, I feel like me, right? Like, I do my same three-mile loop that I got hit on every day before work. Oh, you still do it. I still do it. I was going to say, do you have you switched that up since? It's a very dependable loop. It's exactly three miles. I like doing it. Um, but I wait for the uh, walk sign every single time I cross that intersection. Always wait for the walk signs. Always wait for the walk sign. That's a good takeaway. At other intersections, I'll still go sometimes. But at that intersection, I always wait for the walk sign. Yeah. Well, that's cool that you didn't stray away from it. I feel like that could become like a very negative part 
of like your life if you're like i'm not going there this is a bad that led to bad things yeah i don't i don't want to go I, one of my mom's friends, uh, her daughter got hit by a car while she was running. I know a lot of people that got hit by cars. I do know a lot of people who got hit by cars. There's a lot of us out there. You just need to start asking around. Yeah, Um, I guess. But so, uh, my mom's friend's daughter had like significant, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder from getting hit by a car and Mm. like felt uncomfortable walking down streets and whatever. Yeah. Um, and so I was really conscious of that during recovery of like Mm. even if you know i was feeling very timid about it or a little bit anxious just like you know what you can do it and like trying to normalize that again so that i didn't have lingering issues just from yeah because that can like pile up and just be like another stressor in your life from that that can stay with you for a very long time i mean ever or whatever it may be like really lucky that i was able to like move on from that that's awesome but it it could have been bad yeah i mean it was bad but like you're back which is incredible yeah it's fun I like it. (laughs) You're running again. That's cool. I'm excited. Uh, Are you going to do well? Well, Rapid fire questions are your goals. So let's not go there yet. But um, that story was amazing. Thank you for sharing it. Thanks. I like don't think of it as amazing. Right. Because like as a reporter, I don't think things that happen to me are particularly interesting. I go to work to write about things that happen to other people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like such a, to go through that and come back and, you know, think it's going to be eight weeks, ends up being a year, you're not back to what you were of running two Mm -hmm. marathons a year, but like you're back to running. And I think that can relate to a lot of people, whether they're, they're injured or they get in a slump or it's like running is a very individual thing and it's very mental and it's very inside you. It's Mm -hmm. internalized a lot. So I think that story coming out, a lot of people have their own ways to relate to it and can see like their selves through that. Yeah. In many ways, like I've recalibrated what like and reassessed like what running means to me and like what success means to me and like what being a runner means to me. Right. Like having a run streak again is not healthy for me. Yeah. You can't. You know, so like even though there are sects of the running community where like that's the thing to do. I know that like that's not me again anymore, right? Like, yeah, you have different goals for mm-hmm. for running. Crazy, crazy. Well, I'm glad you're back. It's yeah, and it's good to be back. All right, so um, before I let you go, we have to do our Cream City Pacers rapid fire questions. Okay. All right, are you ready? As ready as I'll ever be. Wow, these are really tough ones. Okay, what shoes are you running in right now? A six. Something, something, they're blue. Nice. Do you like them? <laughs> I do. I've had this shoe before. Um, I had switched to a Brooks. No, I had switched to a Nike a little bit ago, and I've never really liked a Nike shoe. So I don't know why I did it, but I'm back to the Asics. Nice. All right. I like it. Blue Asics. Go buy them. Favorite route to run in Milwaukee? Um, Lakeshore Park. Is that part of your three-mile loop? No. No, you wouldn't even get there from your loop. No. Lakeshore I- Park. I like it. Yeah. Cool. Um, if you could bring one person to Milwaukee to run with you, who would it be? If I could bring one person to Milwaukee. 
I have so many people who I'd love to go running with. But I think I have to go with my Minnesotan Kara Goucher. Oh, I like it. That's a good answer. Okay, Kara, come. If you come here and run with Sarah, um, you can come hang out on our podcast too. Uh, what is your favorite Milwaukee race? I think I have to say Storm the Bastille. Okay. Just because there's so much fun and energy around it. But I also haven't done a ton of races around here, right? Like, it's okay. I pretty much only do marathons. The marathoner. <laughs> I started doing halves. The marathoner, given saying her favorite race is a 5K. All right, favorite running accessory. Sounds like you're a running minimalist, so I'm this will be interesting. I don't do headphones, cell phone. I love my Apple Watch, but I'm going to say this. My favorite running accessory is my uh, reflective high-vis vest that I wear because I go running before the sun is up and I want to be seen in Boom. the street. I'm going to have to have you first. send the link. We just were talking about good gear to run in the winter since um, it's winter. Mm-hmm. So I might need that link so I can share it with people. Yeah, no. Especially if you like it. All right. Uh, favorite pre-race pump-up song? Boom, 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 boom. I feel like you have a couple. I do have a couple. Well, so here's the thing is that my like pump-up race music is definitely a throwback to when I was in high school. So I would say the song that I always listen to is Lose Yourself by Eminem. Yes. I love it. I'm singing it in my head right now. <laughs> All right. What, um, what are those upcoming goals or races? So I'm signed up to do the half in April for the Milwaukee Marathon. I'm signed up to do that again. And then I'm toying with the idea of doing a full, but I'm not certain. Which um, one would you do? Or when, I guess. I would do a fall one. And part of me would want to go home to Minnesota and do the Twin Cities Marathon again. Nice. Because that was my first one. So that might be like a little homecoming for me. Okay. Homecoming. Back to the marathon. Mm-hmm. I like it. Okay. It could be a thing. But uh, otherwise, I just signed up for the lottery to see if I could do a half in Vancouver over the summer. So we'll see if I get into that. Well, that'd be fun. Oh, yeah. That'd be awesome in the summer. Okay. Usually, we ask one piece of advice to new runners. But for you, we're going to switch it up. One piece of advice you'd like to give um, to someone who's coming back from an injury. I would say my advice for like coming back from an injury is like don't think about times, don't think about mileage. Think about why you liked running in the first place and what it meant to you and trying to get that feeling back and framing it that way because that's going to make so much difference because that was what was actually making you love it. It wasn't miles or times. It was, there was some, there's that, that like intangible something else yeah. that you really liked. Yes. That's great advice. Well, Sarah, thank you so much. And before we go, how can um, our listeners find you? Yeah. So I'm all over the internet, both at the Journal Sentinel. And then you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Sarah Hauer and I'm on Instagram at Hauer Sarah. And then my newsletter that you talked about before is online you can find it at jsonline.com slash bmke yeah we didn't get too into that but bmk put a plug in for that so that is my weekly newsletter it comes out every wednesday and it is a rundown of 
business news, restaurant news, beer stuff, because we're in Milwaukee, and then a mix of other stories that are interesting, ranging from politics to environment to music, anything. It's super fun. It comes out on Wednesday, so it's like a good news midweek news source, but also there's a lot of good stuff for like the weekend. So if you're looking for things to do or what's going on, like there's some good stuff in there. I really like it. And we need to follow you on Instagram because you're a big Bachelor follower. So you, what do we call it? Like, you don't live Instagram it, but I do live just like reaction. Live, live reaction. Live reaction to The Bachelor on my Instagram story. Those are usually really fun. I mean, they're always fun. I guess I haven't watched one where I've been like, oh, that was bad. See, I don't know if they're entertaining if you don't watch the show. I don't know if they're entertaining if you watch the show, but I have a fun time throwing it out there. I don't watch, so I've really never watched The Bachelor, but I know like everyone's into it. Like I have a group chat with all my guy friends and that's all they talk about. So mm-hmm. I feel like if I watch your stories and I can go in that group chat and like give like two nuggets where I'm like, I contributed. I did something to this conversation. So yeah, you know something. You're helping. I try. (laughs) That's awesome. Okay, everyone go follow Sarah. And thank you for tuning in. Until next time.